Well, that's what we're going to do just now, is look into some ancient words from Scripture. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, just going to read two verses there in Ephesians chapter 4. The whole chapter is very good. talks about unity and diversity in the body of Christ and how we are many separate members in Christ, but yet we are one body. And so picking up with verse 14, it says, Then we will no longer be little children tossed about by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. I believe the King James Version says every wind of doctrine, maybe. By human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love... Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Today I'd like to talk to you about getting a handhold on our values as Christians. It's been a good while ago that we had an old wheelbarrow that was about 20 years old probably, and I like to keep and use things until they basically can't be used anymore. One of the things that happened on this, uh, in this, with this wheelbarrow is that the handles of the wheelbarrow began to get rotten to the point that they were just ready to break. Now, I was um, just thinking about basically throwing a, the wheelbarrow away because, you know, you can't use a wheelbarrow without handles. And so... A wheelbarrow without handles is like a tub of some kind that I guess you could plant flowers in or, or maybe. It is the handles that give the wheelbarrow the power. It's the handles that give the wheelbarrow the direction. It is the handles that make the wheelbarrow useful. And so without good handle holds, a wheelbarrow is basically useless. So... My son Aaron decided that he would make a set of handles for the wheelbarrow. And I thought that was rather adventurous, but I, I'm sure it was possible to do. And he did. He made a set of handles, good, solid handles for the wheelbarrow. And what do you know? It was like new again. He put the handles on it, and so... Finding the handles, we could make the wheelbarrow powerful, move it along and give it direction. In other words, we could get a handle on it. And that's what I encourage all of us to do when it comes to our values as Christians. I'm going to go over three different values. And also next week will be kind of a continuation of this message as I explore some more values there. But it is disturbing the decline of morality and values in our society. And unfortunately, this decline in society's values has also affected the church some. Unfortunately, it seems that Christians are not holding on to their values as much. Ephesians 5, 6 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. 
And so it may be through advertising or media of other types of, of ways that even Christians are being subtly influenced. George Washington said, of all the habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. I might mention to you that a democracy cannot be successful without the moral values of the people who are being governed. We must, in our nation and society, have people who are basically honest, have people who are good integrity, and people who do good things without the law making them do these things, but they just have a hold and a heart for the good values of living. And so, a gasping of moral values is, a grasping of moral values is essential to being a Christian. A foundation of unchangeable principles. A people who know what is right and wrong and seek to do the right, to have values, something so deeply entrenched in us that nothing will change it, that we will be an established person with good values. Now, the first handhold that I hope we can get as Christians is a hold of humbleness. Now, when I say humility, Sometimes people immediately think of weakness. But I want to tell you that humility is not lack of strength, but humility is strength under control. The Bible says that the Christians are the strongest people on earth. It is the Bible that says, Greater is he that is within you, than he that is in the world. And I think about Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How many times have we heard that and even say that? His task was to build the walls of Jerusalem, you might remember. Nehemiah, God himself said, it will be my joy to see you prevail, Nehemiah. Humbleness is the character of a Christian. Now, we might contrast what we are now as Christians with what we once were. Perhaps we once were an arrogant and high-minded person. But since becoming a Christian, we have learned how to be humble. Verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 2 of Ephesians says, In Times past, you walked according to the course of this world. But now, as Christians, we know how to have a humbleness, not only before God, but a humbleness in the presence of each other. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up, it says in James 4. Psalms 34, verse 18. The Lord saves those such as be of a contrite spirit. Again, let me remind you that being humble does not mean being weak. Let us ask ourselves, 
is there any way we might be developing a pride before God? We want to be humble before the Lord. Have both hands on the handle of being humble before God and each other. Now, another very important Christian value is honesty. Without honesty, things go wrong in the, the life. I believe it was Mark Twain says, if I don't tell a lie, I don't have to remember what I've said. And lying is basically a prerequisite to a lot of other sins and failures in our life. 70% of American people tell at least one lie every day or misrepresent the truth. Sometimes we might get in a habit of doing this and think it does no harm. And we never should trivialize lying. And remember, there are sins that come out of lying. Lying is basically sin 101. And it allows us, we might say, to do and go into other things. We might want to remember that Eve was deceived by Satan's lying. And that is probably the most powerful weapon that Satan has. He lies to us. He misrepresents things to us. And by the way, misrepresenting the truth is lying as well. You remember the oath you take when you go to court? Now, I haven't gone to court very many times. In fact, I've never been on a witness stand in court. But they ask you, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? So there's three different descriptions of truthfulness. The whole truth. And oh, by the way, nothing but the truth. On Good Morning America, one segment dealt with measuring heat around the face and the eyes to detect lying. Now, I'm not going to go around with a temperature detector to detect how hot your eyes are to tell whether you're telling a lie or not. I don't need to do that. God don't need a lie detector either. I remember one time when I told less than the truth about something. It wasn't all that serious, but it could have been, I guess, and it probably would have been if I had told the truth. One time up at the, the, the shop at the mines, we used oxycetylene torches. Now, acetylene is not so flammable by itself. And oxygen, purely by itself, can be very dangerous. But oxygen itself is not really flammable either. But when you put the two of them together, oxycetylene together, you have a whole different story. If you fill up a balloon with oxycetylene mixed, and you tie it on the end of a long pole, and you should make it a pretty long pole. And if you set a candle up out there, and you take this long pole 
with this balloon filled with oxycetylene and hold it over that candle, it'll make a boom that'll probably be heard about five miles away. I mean a steady and hard blast. So one day up at the shop, I took a pop can, just a little pop can, and I filled it up with oxycetylene, just a little pop can. And then I took the torch and passed it by that shot, that uh, pop can. That thing blew up like a shotgun. It blew the end right out of the pop can and made a loud noise. And all of a sudden, the president of the company came out of his office because he heard it. And he marched through the shop and demanded to know who did that. No one, including me, said anything at all. No one said, well, I was glad he didn't fire all of us. But he was very disturbed about that. But now, by not speaking up at all, in a sense, I was lying. By not saying anything at all. Truth is the basic element of any relationship. Chapter 4.15, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. And you know, it's not always easy to speak truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers died about three or four years ago. I was so sad to hear of his death because he's one of the greatest preachers you'll ever hear. If you ever get a chance to hear recordings of Adrian Rogers, listen to it if you can. He said, I'd rather speak the truth that hurts and then heals than to tell a lie that comforts and then destroys. You see, the truth can hurt. For instance, your wife's question, do you like my new dress? And you could usually answer, I think that dress looks good on you. That's a good way to answer. Now, someone asked a question that would be very hard to answer, and that is, are you still beating your wife? Either way you answer it, yes or no, you're going to get in trouble. Well, the truth is the foundation of all integrity, especially between husbands and wives, between children and parents, employers and employees. The truth. Every day I fill out a trip sheet at the uh, bus company, and I write down how many hours I worked. Now, if I work five and a half hours or five hours, I need to write down exactly. I don't need to round it up to the next hour and, and just say, well, it was five and a half, but let's just write down six. Now, that is not being truthful. And you might get away with that for a, a few times, but eventually that will catch up with you, I'm sure. And so you see, even the truth between employees and employers is vital to the relationship. If an employer has an employee they can't trust, then they have problems. There's no doubt about that. 
And I hate to admit it, but when I worked at the mines, I would readily um, borrow a bolt or nut that I needed. I say borrow, see, that's not the whole truth, is it? Because I basically was just taking it. And my rationale was, oh, they never miss a single bolt or nut. But go to a parts store and, and borrow a bolt and nut there and see if they look at it that way. I bought a little piece of hose yesterday at, at uh, AutoZone. It was a dollar and a half for a foot-long piece of hose. And I thought, goodness, they wouldn't have missed that. The Bible says, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willingly to live honestly. Hebrews 13, 18. And think of all the investigations that's going on today, especially around Congress and in our court system. What is the most valuable part of an investigation? It is the truth. If people would just tell the truth. And if you listen to reports about the congressional investigation, so often they are about someone who did not tell the truth. And then they try to nab them on that alone, just the fact that they lied about something. Well, we as Christians must have both hands on the handles of honesty. We must be, it, it must be what is basically a second nature to us. Honesty. We don't want to shade the truth, whether we're talking about the fish we caught or who knows what. Now, thirdly and lastly today, I want to say that Christians must have both hands on the handles of commitment. When we say we're going to do something, we follow through with it. Now, this is, needs to be no more true than in the church, that when we say and volunteer for whether it's a position or something or other, that we follow through with the commitment that we made. I've been a part of churches where people stepped right up and volunteered. And you never saw them in meetings. Even when they come, they came half-heartedly. They didn't get involved in the work that they agreed that they would be a part of. The Bible says, chapter 5, verse 21, submit yourselves together in the fear of God. This is often interpreted accountability. Commitment. Now the um, Covenant Brethren Church is establishing a region in this area. It's going to be called the Central Allegheny Region of the Covenant Brethren Church. And our church will be a part of that region. Now, one of the things we'll be doing is asking people who might be interested in filling various positions in the Covenant Brethren Church. Now, if you would be interested, I'd be glad to talk to you about these positions and let you know what maybe some of them are. But what we don't want is someone to volunteer and not recognizing the kind of commitment that it takes and then not be reliable in the position that they're holding. To be reliable in our dealings with one another, 
The great value in fulfilling our obligations is important. And with enthusiasm. You know, when we work for an employer, there's, there's several different ways of working. One is you can just walk in and say, I'd rather be any place else today than here. You know, I wouldn't say that too loud. You can walk in and say, like we used to say at the mines when we walked in, I sure could have stayed in bed this morning. A bunch of us guys would say that all the time. I sure could have stayed in bed. I remember one I was saying one time, I believe I could just lay right down there on that floor and go to sleep. You know, we could mope around like that. Or if you fulfill your obligations enthusiastically, doing service as unto the Lord and not unto man, I want to be a happy bus driver. It's no use for me to be a sad, sorrowful, moping bus driver when they get on. Well, when they get on, I want to have a smile. And I want to say good day and hope you have a good day and help them with anything I can help them with. When we make a deal, we must fulfill our end of the deal. Make deals cautiously, though. Don't make a deal that you're not willing to fulfill. Chapter 11, bankruptcy is not for the Christians. A borrower is a servant to the lender. Therefore, borrow carefully. I'm not telling you not to borrow, and I don't believe the word says that, but it does say that we should borrow carefully. The world is wrapped up in getting out of commitments. Now, I don't know how some of these um, advertisements work, but they say that you're in debt in your credit card, and they'll get you out of debt for half of what you owe. Now, how could that work? Maybe they have some kind of technique, but trying to get out of a debt for half of what I owe doesn't seem to have integrity in me. Maybe there's profit in going above and beyond the basic commitment, but let me tell you, it's very dangerous than be going beyond our capability. God loves a cheerful giver. And your employer loves a cheerful employee. I tell you, it goes farther than you think. In conclusion today, all these values and more are being trafled, uh, trifled with throughout our society. The winds of doctrine, as the Bible says, being tossed about by waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness, they're blowing. In a way of humbleness, the world's saying, don't let anybody run over you. Protect your rights. You've got rights. Get what you deserve. I think about a Medicare commercial that runs on TV all the time. And Joe Namath says, get what you deserve. Now, that's most people's attitude. I want what I deserve. Give them a piece of your mind. Honesty. Some say you have to cheat in order to make it. I wonder if car repair places say that. I've wondered at times. You find a good, honest car repairman, stick with him. It would be good. Big companies don't miss, miss these little things. In the way of commitments, you can get out of that, someone says. That was then, and this is now. It's different now, and you don't have to be responsible. 
Well, all these kinds of suggestions are floating around out there. But as Christians, we want to have our hands on the well-built handles of values, of honesty, and of commitment. And the things that really matter in the life of the Christian. Don't assume the values of the world. They can deceive us and lead us into dangerous territory. Let's pray now. Lord, being a Christian truly is a contrast to the world. As Christians, don't let us think that we can get by with just doing enough like most of the world thinks about. As Christians, we are above doing things that are dishonest. We are above being past our commitment. We want to have integrity in our Christian lives because that is a testimony in itself. Let us all decide today to get a good hold on the handles of these Christian values that we might stand out as a contrast in the world and the world might see the difference, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.